in, in my community, the air we breathed rang with haka. And all that went with it. Haka was the norm. Tangi Wairia has had a career steeped in kapahaka. From 1984, her and her partner George Rea took up the roles as tutors of Gisborne-based group Waihirere, five-time winners of the top spot at Te Matatini, the national kapahaka competition. Last year, Tangiwai was made a member of the New Zealand Order of Merit for Services to Performing Arts and the Community. She was a finalist in this year's Matariki Awards, alongside graffiti artist Graeme Hoite and filmmaker Taika Waititi. Taika was the recipient of the Supreme Award of the evening. Today, Tangiwai works at Te Wānanga o Aotearoa at their Whiri Koka campus in Gisborne and is still very much a part of the kapahaka scene. In this week's Tiahika, we profile the work of Tangiwai, who talks about her mentors, the challenges of putting together a group in rural areas, and her role with Waihirere today. She begins here describing her first experience of kapahaka on the par. As soon as we could crawl, we used to crawl around the, um, you know, the ankles of our parents as they did the haka. No different to today's generation, I would, I would imagine, because that's what happens in my crowd when, when we prepare for whatever. Uh, except, I suppose, um, in my time, the context was different, huh? You know, par life was our way of life. You know, that was everything to do with pa, everything that happens at the pa, you know, mahi whakapai ngā whare, te whare kai me te whare tīpuna, mahi manaki, mahi kai, whanaungatanga, kotahitanga, arohatanga, tikanga, mātauranga, and you know, through all of that, for us, haka weaved a whole lot together. Through that, you know, music and singing was a huge part of it. And as I reflect, I think that for me, the focus of music, it, the focus was music, and it, it existed everywhere and all of the time in my young life. There always were times when you just sit at the pie and sing with each other, uh, which eventually gave us all a deep love and, of music and especially natural harmonies. And you don't think about it as natural harmonies, you know, when you're way back in the 50s and 60s, it was just the joy of music. Life was much simpler, it sounds like, you know, during the 50s and 60s. So those early days of Waihirere, um, in terms of its establishment as a kapahaka group, Bill Kirikire, Bab and Nen Wehi, who were some of those early composers of, of Waiata? Uh, Waihirere was uh, similar to most other small Māori settlements. You know, we were all related, and if we weren't related through whakapapa, we were related anyway. In our community, there were no more than 10 houses, Amarai, a beautiful scenic reservation uh, with two swimming pools, beautiful bush area with a waterfall at the end of the road. So my pre-school years leading on and into the years ahead of me, they were jam-packed with haka. The group itself was born um, 
from an idea with uh, Nehuihi's uncle, Tikani Dewa, his brother Panapatuhoi, and alongside them was another relative, Anitaihuka, and all of the Komatua of that time. Um, and during Kani's time, it was about the way of life, eh? And so, you know, when I look back and study, uh, researched um, why, how, where, who, for me it was about uh, my understanding is that for Kani and them, it was like a f- haka was used as a framework to inform and educate um, our hapu uh, about who they were, about how they were, and and also what it was about up, helping to uplift the people. One of the first tutors of Waihirire was Te Kani Te Ua, the whāngai or adopted father of the late broadcaster Henare Te Ua. From the 1950s, Bill Kirikiri and his wife Mihi took over the leadership roles. In 1962, however, Bill left Gisborne for Wellington to start his role at the New Zealand Broadcasting Corporation. There, he teamed up with Leo Fowler to start the Māori Programs Unit. From the early 60s, Ngāpō and his wife Pemia Wehi became the group's new leaders. Hinare Teua recorded this interview in 1994. They've always been good at singing. Why? Oh, I think the environment is cultivated there. That You know, if you've got singing parents, or you've got parents who play the guitar, you provide whatever it is, and they'll turn out like that. And so it was kind of part of the lifestyle. So when did you first start composing uh, items, haka, action song and so on? Well, I dabbled a bit even when Bill was there, but, you know, when I look back, some of the stuff I did, I, I cringe. Why? Oh, uh, you know, it shows my amateur, amateurish with that stuff. Not to say that I'm professional, but, I, you know, over the years you gain a few things. Were, were you being guided by anyone? Were you seeking advice from anyone you know, regarding the words and the meanings? No, not really. I, I was a little bit afraid to approach anybody. And, I mean, Bill was there and Connie was there and Uncle Baby was there and they were the masters at, at their particular uh, field. Uncle Connie would never do the haka. Uncle Baby would never fight quarter. And uh, some of the things I learned from that is very valuable. That today, people like me, we're dabblers. We dabble in everything, and perhaps that's why they become a tohunga, because they concentrated their efforts on one particular field. Tangiwai Rea talks about the influence and style of Ngāpō and Pimia Wehi. 
so for me, what they brought to to Ahiriri was strategy and competi- competition, a uh, competition actually, and um, and striving to 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 the edge of haka, you know, taking us to the edge and taking us to spaces that haka had never gone to, and so people uh, quite often ask, you know. Why, you know, why and they come off oh, for God's sake, you know, we were all we were all brothers and sisters and first cousins and second cousins and and so, you know, we were talking about, you know, ourselves. But and then stayed on with us for a lot of years and eventually when their kids moved off to find Mahi up in Auckland, uh, we were broken hearted when they decided it was time for them to go. You know, I had come back into into the fold uh, now a married person. And um, George and I took over the, the leadership. We've been there now for 30 plus years. I would imagine that each leader and tutor that you've just mentioned, they, they had their own particular style of, of, of teaching. What do you think yours and George's style of teaching Kapahaka to Waihirere was and is? Oh, well, actually, I think our style was consistent. I think my style was pretty much uh, what I was taught uh, under the, the leadership of Baba Nien and um, and with George is those uh, skills that were passed down through Cunning, through Uncle Bill and Auntie Nien, yes. down through Baba Nien and, and myself. So uh, not a difference in style, but certainly there have been changes of taonga that each leadership has brought into Wahiri. <laughs> Wahiriri has uh, won the the Duncan McIntyre Taonga five times. How? What's the secret to? Um, what's the secret? I don't know if there is a secret. What's the secret to doing that? <laughs> yeah. What is the secret <laughs> to doing that? Hard work, and that's no different to what Babana would say either. Wakahu would be would know all about that. Is that you can't get there without doing the miles. While you're getting new people, there's people with skills and wonderful skills who are leaving for whatever reasons. And so for us, because we're country, our numbers are, are never, you know, we really scratch to say uh, to keep our numbers up. And when I say numbers, I'm talking 40, you know, more than 40. Uh, as long as I get 40 people who are, who are highly emotional about about what they're doing, then I'm, then I'm happy with that. If I can get 50, woo, I'm really rich. It's a lot of work. And, yeah, I sit, you know, I sit on my seat and I think, what the hell do we do this for? A lot of hours, a lot of, a lot of money. 
you know. Um, fundraising. Mm. Fun, fundraise. Well, yeah, well, today there's not even time. If you if you want to stay alive in, in today's social requirements, you've got to both be working and, and, and if you've got kids, well, you know, there's, there's no time to fundraise. It's hard to keep. It's hard to keep numbers up. Yeah, we've got to. We've got to really work hard. And around us, I guess you know, there was a time where George and I would keep things pretty close to our hearts, keep uh, how we did things pretty close to our hearts. Because you know, it was, everybody's got their own winning edge, and and that's critical if you're you know if if you're wanting to continue to to pass over capability to to for your group to. Stay in amongst, uh, you know, the, the the top whatever. Then you have got to have something that's uniquely yours. But recently, we've uh, we've started to to flatten our our leadership, and and share a lot more to encourage um, and empower people around us with uh, the capabilities that we have we have been um, lucky to acquire, and I guess to. Part of how you keep there is is it's a lot about more about management these days, management of well management of the human resource that you have, and um, and being able to continue to satisfy their need and and hopefully continue to grow the hapu need traditional because we come from a traditional space for goodness sakes you know, yes. I have no problem with that. But I'm also, you know, we're also, we're, we very keenly look for that contemporary spot as well. What's your whole take on, on, on that and, and posting Waiata on Facebook? And how do you remain um, that, you know, keep that secret of all that winning edge without um, chance of it getting, getting online? And is there kind of a code of conduct for your members? No, no. I guess I guess I, put, I would have said yes if you'd asked me ten years ago, but um, yeah, we've got to move with the times. And so um, members today they they, they 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 move across boundaries too. And so and so in my day, you know, you, your friends belong to Wahiri. The, the biggest change in today's in today's world of haka is that oh god, it's full of wannabes. Sorry to say that. What do you mean by uh, that? uh, What I mean by that is a lot of people who actually are learning from the TV, who are learning from opportunity that's disconnected to tikanga, disconnected to the marae. You're getting a, um, for me anyway, this, by the way, is my own view, people that come through my, a lot of people who come through my door um, uh, to join hakas or do haka, they... um, they bring not a lot of emotion. You know, for, for us as a people, that's, that's what we were made up of. That's what kept us unique. And so you've got to scratch the surface and deep down to find where they are. <laughs> has attended every Te Matatini festival since the group won the first nationals in 1972. She is a lifetime member of Te Matatini and in her time as tutor took Waihirire to three of the five national titles. 
Admittedly, she says she can't teach the group the high levels expected at Te Matatini, but is more in a guardianship role and oversees each campaign. Today, Tangiwai is a tutor in Te Kuninga o Te Aotekanga course at Te Whariwaranga o Aotearoa. I taught most uh, most people to sing. And when I say, I wasn't just uh, sing an A, a B, and a C, and a D. Yep. It's like, okay, you're singing an A, now put it into this context, and put it into this context, and, and, and sing it in, that, in this note. Now, in the old days, in my day, you didn't have to do that. That was... <laughs> It was people, you were given the message, and so you interpreted it immediately. But today, today, they all seem to be, they all seem to be with, um, a lot of them just don't know. And, and, so, and so there's a difference, like, unfortunately, for a lot of, lot, lot, lot of the people I, I work with today is, is so my, uh, I try not to go too far back with my, with my standards. To help me, you know, are some really brilliant young people around me. And so I will sit and say, come on, you teach this. How would you teach this? And away they'll go and do it. And then I'll come in, in, the, in at the other end and, and add the bit of the tikanga side into the emotion or the, or, or, the, or the look or the body movement, you know. And so that's the other thing is we've forgotten how back in the 50s we talked, our whole bodies talked, you know, not just your eyes. Your eyes just didn't open and, and shoot pukana and... There was a lot of feeling and a lot of connection going on there. And then, and then your whole body, you know, where your pores opened and they felt the, you know, they felt the emotion and so that emotion was a part of the whole whole message. Not- the kapahaka is about interpreting the kupu, the words. Yeah? Would you agree? Yeah, oh, but yeah, I can agree with that. You know, traditionally we were, we were some of the most fantastic communicators in the world. We told the story without even having to say a word. You have a look at most of these young people coming out of school today, especially, you know, the, the academics that are falling out, the Māori academics, a lot of them. You know, have a, have a look at their emotion, have a look at the way they're saying things. It's all determined by books. A lot of it is just determined by what they learned at university, and so the practical side of it, you know. Um, tell you what, you know, have you been to every Matatini? I yes. have. I haven't performed at every Matatini. What, what, what changes have you seen over the years? I love everything I see at Matatini. I, I'd like to see Matatini, the, the group. I'd like to to see them doing some other stuff with Haka. So, but, but what I see coming off the stage at Matatini, I love it. I think it's fantastic. What scares me, though, is what's happening on the school stages. We see women who are starting to think they're the men, and so when a haka wahine is done, it's, well, um, I don't know how, uh, where that's coming from, who's teaching it. I really think that Matatini has still got a long way to go. I thought that Matatini last, uh, last, this beginning of this year, was it? Um, I thought it was just fantastic in Kahungani. Yes, yes. Is this a little bit of a, um, so the rest of the year would be a little bit of a rest and maybe next year, half the year, and then it's gearing up time for Matatini 2019? How does your campaign work? 
it'll start about uh, February next year. True, because there's regionals, yes. Yeah, the Re- regionals are, for us will be probably around, uh, I'm sure the dates are already set, but I'm always the last one to know about, <laughs> about it. <laughs> My focus is on the compositions and, and, and all of that, and somebody else says, Auntie, da 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 da. I say, oh, okay. But yes. um, it's, it's probably about March next year. So much next year. So tell me what, I mean, in what capacity are you involved with Wayhead Eddie? You're still very much at the forefront. You're still very much leading the group. Or do you have, you spoke about you have some lovely uh, young people at your side. Is that, what, what what's your role today? Um, my role is pulling context together. Mostly I, I'll round things off. And uh, like I said, I, I work with, with whoever wants to sit down with me. And so my, my part in there is children and I, we usually determine the context of the numbers and that moves along from the, um, from, the, uh, from the context right through to the musical stage and it might be, you know, a whole different crowd. So you're working with around about uh, up to 20 people, at a, at, you know, over time with a bracket for Matatini. Um which is really awesome because, you know, the skills go far uh, wider.
Let's go.